Pastor Prince. Today, as Pastor Prince is live, and all of you are welcome. If you have any question, you have the opportunity to ask, and we are going to, by the grace of God, be able to, through the scriptures, grant you the answers you are after. It's very important that you ask questions. I always say that every good student has questions. And the scriptures admonishes us to be studios, to be students of the word. The scriptures says that study to show yourself approved. It says as a workman, that does not need to be ashamed, but rightly dividing the word of truth. So the scriptures admonishes us to be students of the word. Now, we are not just studying the word because we want to know it and then show that we know it. No, we, are studying the word, we are studying the word of God because the word is our life. The word of God is our life. The word of God describes how we should live and walk the Christian life. There is the Christian life that the Lord Jesus has set before us. And as Christians, we have to live the Christian life. When you live the Christian life, then you see the results of the Christian life in your life, in every area of your life. If you do not live the Christian life, and it's possible for a person to go to church, yet not live the Christian life. You can go to church and not live the Christian life, and you can only do that when you don't have what we call the knowledge of the Word of God. See, there is the knowledge of the word of God which is paramount and the reason why we need to walk in this kind of knowledge of the word of God is because the word of God admonishes us to be doers of the word see, and not hearers only to be doers of the word I'll be taking certain, certain questions but before then I want you to understand some of the rules of the word of God in our lives if you don't practice see, the Christian is a word practitioner the Christian is an actor of the word of God. When the Christian does not do the word of God, he cannot see results. And I always say that there are certain kinds, there are levels of results, and there is what we call transformative results. When the scriptures talk about a hundredfold results, a sixtyfold results, transformative results, not just that you got sick and you got healed and after some time you get sick again and you get healed and that is not the results. That's not enough. That's not the Christian life. You see. So the Christian who is knowledgeable can live according to the word of God. The Christian who is ignorant cannot live according to the word of God. And when you cannot or you don't live according to the word of God, what will you be expecting then in your life? For your expectations in life as a Christian your expectations are supposed to be consistent with what the word of God has said. Your faith is anchored on the word of God. You can stand and practice God's word and see results when you know it. You see, and that is the reason why we give this opportunity for, for questions. So that you can study the word. You see, scriptural questions. Not just questions the man of God wants to ask. So scriptural questions. You've, maybe you've been studying the word of God and you have an issue with an understanding in a particular area and you want to know, we grant you that opportunity so that you can ask and we can explain. We don't explain the word of God. Someone asked me some time back that 
Man of God, how come you answer questions? Are you God to answer questions? God is the one who has answers to our questions. You see, someone asked me that some time back. We were having a conversation and he asked me. You see. And I just laughed about it. But you see, the word of God gives us the answers of God. The word of God. The answers of God to our questions is in the word of God. The answers of God to our questions is in the word of God. And you see, when you are walking in an understanding of God's word, then the Holy Spirit opens you up to the word of God. Then you have your answers to your questions. So we answer these questions because those answers are already provided for in the word of God. But not many Christians study to know. Jesus said, search the scriptures. Jesus himself. So they say, search the scriptures. He says, for lack of knowledge, my people are destroyed. They are not destroyed because the devil is very powerful. They are not destroyed because they don't go to church or they go to church. They are not destroyed because of the fact that they don't pray or they don't fast. He says that, but for lack of knowledge, to pray, you pray with knowledge and understanding of scriptures. To fast, you fast with knowledge and the understanding of scriptures. Whatsoever you do in the kingdom, you see, you do it with knowledge. For unto you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom. So there are mysteries surrounding the kingdom of God. And it takes knowledge, these mysteries. So, and it, it's, it's powerful. Oh, is that not powerful? So it's very important we understand some of these things. So if you have questions, if you don't have questions, then you don't, you've not been studying the word of God. But if you've been studying the word of God, you'll come across a lot of questions that you want to ask. Sometimes we all come across questions that we ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Ghost, what does this mean? And he speaks to us. And he explains to us. That's what is, is ministering as one of the major ministries of the Holy Ghost. Jesus said that when he comes, this shall teach you all things whatsoever I have spoken unto you. He told the disciples, he says, I have many things to tell you. Jesus, speaking to the disciples, said, I have many things to tell you. But you cannot bear them now. You cannot access them now. You cannot have them now. You cannot understand them now. But I have many things to tell you. But when he, the Holy Ghost, comes, he shall teach you. He shall guide you into all truth. You see. So the Holy Spirit answers our questions. Through the, the, the word of God. The knowledge of God's word. And so it's very important. So wherever you are watching us from. It's very important that if you have any question. You can just ask. We've had a lot of questions coming out throughout the weeks. And we'll begin to answer some of them. So you have questions. You can, you can, you can, you can post your questions. To the, to the comment section. You can also send your questions. To our number zero two zero nine two one six five two three. Can you can send a text message? You can even call in, and we will be glad by His grace to answer your question. The scriptures say before I go into the first question, the scriptures talk about this in James chapter one, the epistle of James, chapter one. Verse 21. The epistle of James chapter 1. Verse 21. If you are, you are with me, I want to know you are there. Just comment, invite your friends, let them join us, let them follow. You see. And it's very important. Knowledge, knowledge. The practicality of the word of God changes a lot of things. 
practicality of the word of God. What if you don't know? It says, for they know not, it says, neither do they understand. So they walk in darkness. But I have said something. What has God said to you? Normally in church we say the word of God is God speaking to you. James says, Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your soul. Verse 22. But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only. He says, deceiving your own selves. Now look at the construction. This is the Holy Ghost speaking to us through his word. Be ye doers of the word. He says, and not hearers only. Be ye doers of the word. He says, and not hearers only. Be doers of the word. So the Christian is a doer of the word. The Christian is a word practitioner. The Christian is an actor of the word. We, we live by acting on the word. We see changes by acting on the word. We see victories by acting on the word. When you put the word of God to work, you will see results. But you see, you cannot put the word of God that you don't know to work. So when you are faced with challenges, what will you put to work? Will you cry on God or you put his word to work? The word of God is equal with God. Understand that. The word of God is equal. So when you have the word of God and you are putting it to work, it means that you are putting God to work. You are activating the power of God. You are activating the operations of God. When you put the word of God to work, you are putting God to work. That is it. Because the word of God is God. And it's very important. So he says, be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, is deceiving your own selves. So when a Christian is not practicing the word of God, that Christian is living in deceit. That Christian is deceiving his, his own self. Says, deceive yourself. Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. So first of all, you have to hear to do. Is that true or false? It's true. You have to hear the word of God to do it. What if you don't hear the word of God? How will you do it? If you don't do the word of God, how do you see results? So, the Christian life, your Christian life cannot be effective when you are ignorant. When you are not hearing anything. And your Christian life cannot be effective if you are not practicing the word you are hearing. So, he says, you are in that category of deceiving your own self. Go to verse 23. Is that not powerful? But if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a mirror. He is like a person who looks at himself in the mirror. Uh-huh. Is this not powerful? For he beholds himself and goes his way and straight away forgets what manner of image, what manner of man he saw or he was. If a person be a hearer and not a doer, he is likened to a man who looks at himself in a mirror. When a man looks at himself in a mirror, when he leaves and is going, he forgets what he saw. That means that the word of God is a reflection of ourselves. The word of God gives us or brings to us a reflection of ourselves. The word of God gives us an image of ourselves. When we look into the word of God, the word is referred to as 
a glass. A new world translation says a mirror. So when I look at, like look into the word of God, I study the word of God. I'm looking into a mirror. What I see in that mirror is a reflection of myself. Is that true or false? So the word of God describes us to us. The word of God brings us a description of ourselves. Is that not powerful? It's powerful. The word of God brings to us a description, gives us a description of ourselves. When we look into the mirror, we see ourselves. When you want to know who you are, you want to know what you can do, you want to know, you want to know what is available to you, you want to know how to live the life that Christ has given to us to live, you need to look into the mirror. When you look into the mirror, what you see in the mirror is a reflection of you. Think about it. So when you don't study the word of God, you don't have a reflection of yourself in the mirror. That means that you don't really know who you are. You don't know what you can do. And normally, I normally use this example that many Christians are tormented by devils and they don't have to. But it's because they've not seen themselves in the mirror. When you see yourself in the mirror, you would live according to what you see. You would change according to what you see. You, see, you change when you see yourself in the mirror you, you make changes when you see yourself in the mirror you make changes so when you study the word of God you begin to cause certain changes you begin to see that this is, this is not me you compare what you see in the mirror to what you are seeing in your real life in, in your life you see, this is not me this is not what the word says concerning. this is not the reflection I see if this is not the reflection why am I having such an experience so you cancel certain experiences through the reflection of yourself in the word of God. That is just powerful. Is that not true? So some of us may be going through certain things. When you see what the word of God has said, the mirror, you look at the mirror. He says, for behold himself and straight away forgets what manner of man he was. So the mirror shows you the manner of man you are. The Bible says, what manner of man is this? That even the winds and the waves obey you. Obey you. Or obey him. You don't know what he says? So what manner of man are you? That's the question. What manner of man are you as a Christian? Are you just an ordinary person sitting down, watching things just happen? Or you are that type who know what the word has said and you do it? Is that not powerful? So he begoes, he beholds himself, sorry, and goeth his way and straight away forget what manner of man he was. Go to verse 25. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty. Now he calls the word of God, number one, a mirror. A glass. Number two, he calls the word of God the perfect law of liberty. The perfect law of liberty. Is that not powerful? I wish I had time to go into that. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein. He being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Do you want to be blessed in your deed? Yes, sir. Do you want to be blessed in your deed? Yes, sir. If you ask any Christian, do you want to be blessed in your deeds? Say yes, sir. He has given us the key. The word of God, I say it every time that, the word of God tells us what we should do and gives us the outcome when we do it. And you see, one thing you should have as a Christian is that the Holy Spirit will not instruct us to do 
what we cannot do. The Holy Spirit will not instruct us to do what we cannot do. So this is when we look into the perfect law of liberty and continue to look inside. We don't stop looking. Because the more we look, the more we have a reflection of ourselves. The more we look, the more we see the image of ourselves, of our beings, of our very persons in Christ. This is when we continue to look and we are not a forgetful hearer. So they are, they are, they are, they are hearers of the word and there are forgetful hearers of the word. They hear and they forget. And you see, a lot of Christians don't know we go to church to hear. No. Not many Christians think in that direction. No. A lot of Christians don't know that. That we go to church to hear. We are online teaching for you to hear. I've had people who just received one testimony. And for many years they don't have again. And they wonder. I received this testimony. I've not received another testimony. And sometimes they ask, they ask, man of God, I don't know why. I'm not receiving testimony again. I'm not seeing changes in my life. I'm not seeing transformation in my life. Transformation. And I'm talking about not spiritual transformation. Because when we are born again, we are transformed in our human spirits. The word of God transforms our soul. You see. But when we are transformed, physical transformation answers to our hearing the word of God and our practicing the word of God. We act on the word. We act. We do the word. I say that every time that the word of God is God speaking to us. The word of God is God speaking to us. The word that we know. When we know the word, means God has spoken to you. What has God said? It says be imitators of Christ. Think about it. So that is what God has said now. What has God said? He says praying always with all prayers and supplications in the spirit. That is what he has said. So when you discover such a truth, the word is God speaking to you. God has spoken to you to pray always. Is that not powerful? So when we know that and we practice it, it says pray always with all prayer and supplications in the spirit. Then I do it. See, I don't just hear it and so thank God the man of God can preach. No. I begin to practice prayers. I begin to cultivate the habit of praying always with prayers and supplications in the spirit. That is hearing the word and doing the word. And when I begin to practice prayers, then I begin to see results of that. That is when I can now hear God speak to me vividly. God is speaking to me audibly. God is speaking to me from within my spirit. I have that fellowship going on every time. Why? Because I'm practicing the word and I'm seeing the results. Is that not powerful? So it's very important before we go into answering these questions and all that. I want you to be a Christian who is not an ignorant Christian. A Christian who is studious. A Christian who searches the scriptures. See, that is the Christian. When you search the scripture, the Christian life is the life that is lived by practicing the word. What has the word said? What has God said to me? So as I'm speaking to you right now, I'm speaking to you. You may be hearing sounds, but it is God speaking to you. It is the word of God to you. So maybe you are that type who you go to church, you don't study the word, you don't know the benefit of the word. I say that I say the word of God is for our benefit. The word of God will not benefit God. It is his word. Why will God give us his word? <laughs> is that true? Why will God give us his word? The word of God will not be of profiting to him, to God. 
It is his word. But you see, he has given us his word in the Bible. He's given it to us through the inspiration of the Spirit. Because his holy, holy men spoke or wrote as the, as, the, as the Holy Ghost moved on them, as they were moved by the Spirit. So he has given us his word. Why has he given us his word? So that we can know his word, you see, and, fun- and be able to function at his level. You see, to know his word and practice it. God practices his word. God lives by his word. God doesn't live by the situations he finds himself in. You can read through the scriptures from Genesis throughout. Before you see the spirit of God doing something tangible in the life of a person, the word of God has gone there. It's when the word of God is released to a person and he receives, even in the Old Testament, then the spirit of God moves alongside to do. Come on, shout powerful. So it's very important. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he be not a forgetful hearer. You see. So you can be a hearer of the word and you can also be what? A forgetful hearer of the word. Which one are you? What you heard on Sunday, maybe from us or from your man of God, do you still remember to practice it? This is a forgetful hearer. He, he, the person heard the word, but he forgot. See? So when the winds of life and the storms of life come against such a person, then he falls off. He cannot stand. Is that not powerful? The scripture tells us the one who hears the word and doeth it, the one who hears the word and does the word, I will liken him to a man who builds his house on the rock. Is that what he said? He says, and the winds came. So the winds of life will come. And the storms came. The storms of life will come. But you see, when the winds come and the storms come, the attitude you maintain is what the Holy Ghost is interested in. The attitude you maintain, there is the attitude of the word. There is the language of the word. See, the storms came. The winds came. But such a, that person was founded on the rock. The winds came, he was founded. The storms came, he was founded. I will liken a person who hears my word and doeth them. It is I will liken the one who just hears my word. What about the one who doesn't even hear? Is that not powerful? So it says the one who hears the word and does the word practices the word. The one who is not a forgetful hearer. When the storms come, he will rule over the storms. You see, the storms will come and they will go. The storms. The winds will come and they will go. And that same person will still be founded on the word of God and be confessing and be practicing the word of God. In the midst of the storms and the winds, what will come out will be the word of God the person knows. So when you are a forgetful hearer, you cannot see glories. You cannot witness glories. You cannot witness transformation. You'll be moving from pillar to post. If you are not a hearer at all, then you are in trouble. That is why we need to give ourselves to the word of God. We need to give ourselves. We need to yield ourselves to the studies of God's word. We need to use the time that we have to study the word. 
when we study the word of God, then we practice the word of God. Like I said, the word that you practice is what will cause a change. That is why many Christians are dependent on a lot of things apart from God's word. But the word is very simple and true. When you follow the teachings of God's word, you follow the knowledge of the word of God. You see, the word of God imparts knowledge to us. The word has the ability to give us. There is a knowledge that the word gives us. There is a knowledge. It is not just that I know the word. I preach the word. There are many preachers who don't have knowledge of the word of God. You see, there is the knowledge of God's word. It's a knowledge. It's a revelation. It's called the revelational knowledge. There is what we call sense knowledge. Where you are a medical doctor, it's sense knowledge that you have. You are a lawyer, it's sense knowledge, what you acquired in school. See, you develop your senses through that knowledge. But there is the knowledge of God's word, it's a knowledge also. So what we are imparting right now is knowledge. It's not that we are preaching the word and you are hearing the word. You are hearing some sound. No. We are giving you knowledge. You see. And you see, knowledge is very important. You rule by what you know. You rule in life by what you know. You can only rule by what you know. In your sphere of life. You can dominate it. Dominate your future. Dominate your present. By what you know. You cannot drive a car if you don't know how to, how to drive. It's very simple. When you don't have the knowledge of driving. Because you've not been taught how to drive. You can't drive. It's a knowledge. But it's a sense knowledge that is acquired. So if you don't know or you don't have that knowledge and you try moving a car, you will crash. So many Christians have crashed because they don't have the knowledge of the word of God. They are just living a normal life, living the worldly life, living any kind of life. Because there is not knowledge. When there is knowledge and you practice that knowledge, then you can say you are living the Christian life. What you do what you, you are doing right now, is it consistent with the word of God? If it is consistent with the word, the knowledge of God's word, then you are living the, the word of God. You are living according to the word. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds. The word live there, the Greek word there means to make a living. So we make a living by the word of God. When the word is inside of you, you, oh, is that not powerful? You are a medical doctor. You are using all that you've learned in your field. But when you have the knowledge of God's word, you are on the advantage. There are certain things that will touch other doctors that will not come near you. You can meet patients that you don't know what to do with them again. You've given them all the drugs. They don't know what to do. And you lay, there is a knowledge. You lay your hands. You understand? You lay, sometimes you give them hope. There is a knowledge. That knowledge is inspiring you to give your patients hope. That knowledge is inspiring you to sometimes speak into the life of your patients. Sometimes to lay hands on them, depending on what they've come with. Is that true or false? So there is that knowledge. It's a, it's a divine knowledge. It's called a revelational knowledge. Why? Because it's revealed to your spirit. So that you live from your spirit. Is that not powerful? So, who, wherever you find yourself, you can exercise control through knowledge. 
You can set a time for the kind of change you want. Many Christians don't know that. They say, oh, it's God's time is the best. The Bible doesn't say anything like that. Read through the scripture. They don't say God's, God's time is the best. Is that what the scriptures say? No. The scriptures talk about God's appointed time based on your level of knowledge. So God's appointed time is dependent, you see, on your growth through knowledge. Appointed time. God's appointed time for you to carry that twins is dependent on how much you know. God's appointed time for you to work in an international organization is dependent on your knowledge of Him. Oh, is that powerful? The knowledge of God's word is the knowledge of God. The knowledge of God's word is the knowledge of Christ. The knowledge of God's word is the knowledge of the Christian. So the more you, you have this knowledge, like I said about the mirror, you have a reflection of yourself. You see? You know God. It's not that you know about God. Many Christians know about God. But they don't know him through his word. This is the truth. This is what you need. This is what you need. You can set your next 10 years in motion in a particular way. You can decide that from this year to the next 5 years, I'm going to change from one level of law. It's a decision you can make when you have the word. See, you are not in control when you don't have the word of God in you. Do you know what you think? Oh, God is in control. Whenever it is time, he will do something. God is in control. Whenever it is time, he will do something. Then you will be sitting down. But you see, when the knowledge of God's word is in your spirit, you can set a time for your change. You can set a time for your transformation. You can set your world in a particular way. That's why we are called world changers. You, you, you set your world. Some of us have set our world in a particular way. It doesn't matter what we see our friends have. It doesn't matter what we see or we don't see now. We have set it in motion. We are pilots of our life. That is the truth. Through the knowledge that we have. We are pilots. We have set our life in a particular way. We have set our world in a particular way. And that is what we expect. And that is what we are going to see. We are not sitting down remembering and saying, God, when will you change my life? I've been serving you for a long time. God, when will you do this? No. Remember what I said. The word of God is God. The word of God is God speaking to you. And the word of God is God. When you hear the word and practice the word, and you set the word in motion, you are setting God in motion. Where the word is in motion, God is in motion. When we say God is in motion, it means that the, it means that God is operational. He's operating. He's functioning. Many Christians don't have God functioning. But God is with them. God is in them. Because many Christians don't have the word functioning. When you have the word of God functioning, and how will the word function? When you practice it. And how will you practice what you don't know? So I am challenging you today as a Christian I'm challenging you today as a Christian. Christianity is not just about you being born again. That is the first step. When you are born again, you need knowledge. When you receive knowledge, you live according to the knowledge. The more you, you know, that's why it says that continuing therein, 
the more you increase in knowledge, the more you have control through that knowledge. You have control through what you know. That's why I said that the one who doesn't know is, is pitiful. He doesn't know. When your, your father leaves you an inheritance and you don't know, your uncles will enjoy it and you'll be walking around begging. Because you don't know. Ignorance. 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 It's for lack of knowledge my people perish. For lack of knowledge. From the time I stumbled on that scripture, I came to a realization. That if I want to live a life where I don't perish, I'm not subject to all the things, the elements of the world, then I don't have to lack knowledge. Because for lack of knowledge, my people perish. It tells you why, why they perish. The lack of knowledge. It tells you the results of that lack. So if I study and I discover that it is for lack of knowledge, my people perish, and I'm part of his people, and I don't want to perish, then I go for knowledge. It's very simple. For lack of knowledge, this man people perishes. Because you have rejected knowledge, this I will also reject you. Then just think about it. And James tells us here that to be blessed in all your you want to be blessed in all your deeds. Do you know what that means? With anything you set your heart to do will prosper. It means any contract you set before people will prevail. It doesn't matter who knows what. I like it when you are you submit a contract and somebody else submit and the person knows whoever and you don't know. You don't know you don't need to know. You have to go into that room. But if it's an interview or they want you to defend anything, you have to go to that place with the influence of the word of God. The influence of the knowledge of God's word. That influence is supernatural. The people who would have said no by that influence will say yes. Is that true or false? It's the influence of the knowledge of the, is the supernatural. The word of God is not, it's not natural. It's supernatural. The results the word can produce is a supernatural result. Do you want to see supernatural results? You see, there is a point in time that everyone needs God. There's a point in time that everyone becomes limited. The only person who can live a life that is not full of limitation is not the Christian. It's the Christian who has received the knowledge of God. Because many Christians are limited. They are limited financially. They are limited in their decisions. Some are confused in life. Christians, they go to church. Some commit suicide out of confusion. They don't know what to do. They don't know what to do. If you want to know what to do, what to do is the word of God. What to do is the knowledge. You want to know what to do? Says, oh, Malakadosh. Says, he said this to tempt them. When he told them about the loaves of bread and fishes. Says, for he himself knew what to do. So we know what to do. We know what to do. We want you to know what to do. How do I know what to do? What do I do? The scriptures. The word of God. How do I study? That's what I'm guiding you into before I begin to answer questions. How do I study? How do I study the word of God? Many Christians ask, one of God, how do you study the word of God? I don't even know how to study. I'll teach you that one day. That glory. glory. So it's very important 
It's very important. That's why we do ask Pastor Prince so that we can challenge you to have questions. We can only challenge you to have questions when we challenge you to study. It is when you study that you have questions. If you don't study, you don't have questions. And your Christian life must be an effective Christian life. Your prayer life must be effective. Your life with the Holy Spirit, where you're not even praying, must be effective. Every aspect of your Christian life must be very effective. If it is not effective, it is not about God, it is about you. I don't have time to go into a lot of scriptures. Amen. So it's very important. It's very important. Refuse to walk in lack. Refuse. To, when we talk about lack, it's not just money. It's not just money. Refuse to walk in lack. Refuse to stay at that place for all these years. What are you been, what are you doing there? You've been at one place for a long time. Five years, six years, seven years. The same place. Why? If you had begun the first year, now it's six years or five years. If you had begun the first year studying, I can promise you by the third year, you would have broken through. So start somewhere. This is where to start. Start now to study. This is where to start. This is where to start. To study the word of God. To acquire the knowledge of God's word. One day I had meditated on the scripture. I normally talk about these things. On far above. All principalities and powers. Far above the scriptures talk about Ephesians chapter 1. Verse 17, verse 18, verse 19 to 22. I was just meditating on the scriptures. You meditate on the word of God. You study the word of God until you are intoxicated. See, with the word of God. You are filled with God's word. You are full. Just let the word of God dwell in you richly, abundantly. Not some way. Jesus said, if you abide in me, are we in him? Yes, we are. Are you born again? Yes, you are. Okay. Are you in Christ? Yes, you are in. He says, if you abide in me, then, and my words abide in you. He says, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done. That is an open check. Oh, is that powerful? That is an open check. You shall ask what you will. What do you want? I want twins. I release those twins. What do you want? I need a job in an international company. I didn't say I need a job in Ghana somewhere. In an international company. At World Changes, our church, we don't believe in you working somewhere. We believe in you working in an international. So if you are working in Ghana, some organization which is not international, we, we don't want you to stay there. Where do you want to work? In an international organization. Where do you want to work? I want to start my own business and establish branches all over the world. That is the Christian. And he says that, he says that based on the integrity, the surety of God's word, the word never fails. This heaven and earth will pass away. Look at the way the, the whole nations, the nations of the earth are all shaking and crumbling. Just this small thing, it shows you how transient the knowledge of the world is. The nations of the world and all that. How transient. Heaven and earth will pass away. It says, but my word. So if the word is in you and you are practicing the word and you are leaving the word in your business, your business can never pass away. That's what he's saying. You are leaving the word in your marriage, your marriage cannot pass away. It means that even in the times of farming, as a businessman, you shall not be careful. In farming, that's what the scripture says. 
This in times of famine, this blessed the man whose hope is in the Lord. He says that that person shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. His leaves shall be green always. Then he says, even in time of famine, F-A-M-I-N-E, famine, says he shall not be careful. He's not careful about his life. Why? Because he has taken steps after the word of God, which does not fail. Since that word remains forever. Heaven and earth to pass away, but my word will not pass away. Says, not one dot, not one letter. That's what the King James uses. Dot will pass away. So my finances cannot pass away. That means that I wouldn't be a Christian. I said, I used to be very rich. I used to be very wealthy. You start at a place where you are not because it's even though your beginnings be small, it's your letter ends. So you can start small. It is, it is, it's permissible. In fact, that is where it's supposed to start from. Beginning be small. But your latter end says, should greatly increase your latter end. So you can point to your future. Somebody can see and say, where is he going to? Your life, you can point to your future. I say that every time, when the word of God is in you, you know, you know your future. Nobody is coming to tell you how, what will happen with you. You don't even care what somebody is doing. What you care is what the word has said that you do. That is the Christian. And this is what we bring to you. This is what we seek to teach. You see, it's not that we just want to know. We want to bring this knowledge to you. The more you are filled with this knowledge, the more you can see. You are not sitting and say, Am I about to die? Am I about to... No, 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 no. How can you be talking like that? You are born again. Am I about to miscarry? Am I about to miscarry? No. Look at the way you are talking. Am I about to miscarry? No, no. Where is your security? How do you know that you can never miscarry? You are carrying your baby and you are carrying to the ninth month. You are so sure because of the word. The surety of the word of God. This, 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 is, this, this is just it's a privilege God has given us. It's an opportunity that what he knows you see, he wants us to share part in it. It's an opportunity that what God knows, he wants us to know. Think about it. That is the word to us. God wants us to be partakers of what he knows. So God, almighty God, who is unsearchable, knows something. Or has knowledge. And that knowledge, he has made it available. Think about it. So the Christian is like somebody who was in the hands of a scholar, who knows something, and that scholar is trying to that, that scholar wants to share what he knows with that person by giving him the same handout, the same manual, or the same book, and all that. Courses, textbooks, they study. It's when you study the same way I have studied, and you know what I know, then you will do what I do. And you see the results that have been seen. That's Christianity. That is what it means when you say you are a child of God, you are a son of God. This is the word. So the question is, do you want to know what God knows? Do you want to do what God does? Do you want to see the results that God in person can do? See, Jesus came as a God-man. Did a lot of things. You see, how did Jesus do what he did? He knew what God knew. How? Through studies. Through studies. Oh, is that not powerful? 
So it's very important. I don't have time to go into a lot of things. But every Wednesday we are coming to you. See. We are coming to you. We are building you on the solid rock. We are building you on the material that is solid. That is that is upright. That can be relied on the material. Is that not powerful? Excuse me, without the word of God was not anything made that was made. If think about it. God himself wanted to change the world or create the world and decided to do it through his word. He could not, he had no option. The only option of God is his word. When it comes to what does God want to do? The only option he goes for is his word. That's why he has given us his word. The word is our option. When we take the knowledge of it, when we receive the knowledge of it and we practice it, we will see a lot of changes in our life. Don't forget, you can program your life, your world, your next five years, your next ten years. You can do what? You can program it through the knowledge of God's word and I can assure you, it will not fail. You can start from square zero. It will not fail. Oh, we are saying things that we have experienced. We are saying things that we have experienced. We are saying things, we are seeing things and we are saying things that we have experienced. We are telling you words. You know, there are people who feel like, think that the word of God we teach is just theories. Teachers that you don't understand what you are doing. What we are teaching is not theory. What we are teaching is a world. It's life. We are bringing life to you. We are bringing your world to you. I've said every time that the word of God is the world of the Christian. What kind of world do you want to have? You want to be a footballer with a difference where things are just working. You want to be a person with a difference where things are just working. When the word is in you, things work. You may, that's why I said, the storms may come. Things will still work in the midst of the storms. Hallelujah. You will pass through the storms. You pass through the winds. And you will be more perfect to cause changes. Hallelujah. There are levels of changes. Love it. There are levels of changes. Hallelujah. There are levels of changes. There are levels of changes. There are levels. And that level is dependent on your knowledge. What you hear and what you practice. And so it's very important. I always say this thing that when you're in the room alone, you can be so strong, so confident sitting in the room. Once a person enters or knocks your door and says, a snake has entered, and you hear that, it changes a lot of things. You begin to search for the snake, or you even pack your things and leave that particular room. Fear enters you. Your faith in what the person said is what is fear. Snake has entered. Those are words. They just came to you. You heard them and fear entered. And you begin to act according to the fear. So the spirit of faith comes by what? By hearing. And hearing the word. Child glory. So we are answering our question. If you have been blessed, I just want wherever you are, you have a question. 
You can just send us the question, post the question on the comment segment, and we would answer. You can also send it on our, our official line, 020, a text message, or even call in. We will, glad to, we will be glad to pick up your call and answer your question. Amen. So like the page, like it, share, invite your friends, tell them, ask Pastor Prince, it's live, and you don't want to miss it. You have questions, you want to ask the question, and we will answer. Amen. I'm answering this question. This question is from Alice. She says, Hello, Pastor Prince. We love you. Says we love you so much and your teachings are blessing us immensely. Alice, I love you too. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for sending us this question. Says, please, my question is, how do you know your purpose in life as a Christian? Is that not powerful? How do you know your purpose in life as a Christian? It's very simple. The word of God, like I said, shows us our purpose in life. The word shows us our purpose. So you want to know your purpose in life? Go into the word of God. The word of God tells us what God wants us to do. His plans. The word of God is God's purpose, God's plans, and God's provisions for us. The word of God. The word of God is God's thoughts, His plans, His provisions, and His purpose for us. So when we study the word of God, we discover God's purpose for our lives. For instance, I want to give you an example. The scriptures tell us that we should go ye into all the world and preach to all nations. That is God's purpose. For instance, that's his purpose. So if I'm working in an organization, I see myself as fulfilling God's purpose in that organization. Not just based on the salary I receive or what I do in that workplace, you see, but by influencing the lives of the people I come in contact with for Christ. And by doing that, I'm fulfilling God's purpose for my life. Amen. So, when I'm influencing lives, see, winning souls, giving them messages, explaining things to them, encouraging them to be able to walk their, their Christian walk, I am fulfilling God's purpose for my life. Because one of his purpose, according to the scriptures, is to go ye and preach to all nations. And I find myself in an oil company, and that is my nation at that time. So I influence the lives of people. I find myself in the hospital as a medical doctor, and I influence my patients' lives. Some come fearful. Some come thinking that they are going to die the next day. And I influence them through the knowledge of God's word. Some are not even born again. I lead them to Christ. I create that access for them to have knowledge. I tell them, go to Christ's world television. There is knowledge. The teachings of our man of God follow it. Go to Facebook and all that. I'm influencing them. And by that doing, or by so doing, I'm fulfilling God's purpose for my life. That's the first one. The second aspect is through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit shows you visions. That's one of the normal rights of the Christian. I'm not talking about the gift of revelation. See, I'm talking about visions. They shall dream dreams. They shall see visions. 
So through the visions of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit is able to reveal to us His purpose for our lives. Amen. Amen. And that is the truth. So through the Holy Spirit, we receive visions of God's purpose for our life. When there is no vision, there is blindness. There is darkness. When there is vision, there is light. A man with a vision is a man with light. A man with a vision is a man who is set on a course. A man with a vision is a man who follows a programming. A man with a vision. A man without a vision, a visionless man is in the dark. So through the visions of the Holy Spirit, we can discover God's purpose for our lives. There are men who studied and became medical doctors. Some studied to become professors, mathematical, mathematics professors. And the Holy Spirit revealed to them that He wants them to start a ministry. And they started and now they have big, big churches and all that. How? Through the visions of the Spirit. Amen. Amen. So through the visions of the Spirit, we discover God's purpose for our lives. And through our studies of the Word of God, we discover God's purpose for our lives. God's purpose for our lives is for us to influence lives for Him. To influence people unto Him. To draw men unto Him. And to influence them to be companions of God. Say, I am a God companion. Is that not powerful? So Alice, that is it. The visions of the Spirit, you discover God's purpose for your life. The visions of, through the visions of the Spirit. And you can have these visions if you are born again. When you are praying, you talk to the Holy Spirit. I say it that when we pray, we are consulting with God. We are consulting with the one who knows all. We are consulting with the one who knows us or knew us before we were born. Prayer is a, is a divine consultation. And through that we receive from the Holy Spirit what we should do. Through that we receive from God. We receive visions from God. See, And it's very important you want to know your God's purpose for your life. You take it serious. See? Most, most of the times we don't take a lot of things serious. What we do in this world only matters much in the sight of God when it's a fulfillment of His purpose. So you can live your life pursuing a vision that is not a fulfillment of God's purpose and end up knowing that you spent all your, your, your years doing your own thing. So it's important that we take this thing serious. If you really want to know God's purpose for your life, set a time. Study the word. Pray. Ask the Holy Spirit. That's why he's been given to us. He will speak to us. He will reveal to us. He will enlighten us as to what we are going to do. Then you know his purpose. Is that clear? So it's very important. Take the word serious. Take your work with the Spirit serious. And you will know, you know. Some people are set to be kingdom financiers. It's not everyone that the Holy Spirit is showing a vision that become a pastor. 
So that's what people think. They think the only vision the Holy Ghost shows you is for you to become a pastor. Paul did not know his vision until he had an encounter. And the Spirit of the Lord revealed to him what he was going to do. So I'm sending you to the Gentiles. This shall be a light unto darkness. Is that true? It took the Spirit to know. It took the Spirit to know. So it's very important. It's very important. There are people that God reveals to that they will be kingdom financiers. Kingdom men. Men who push the gospel. Men who will become so wealthy that they will just put a man of God on TV. Or build a satellite station. Or build something. There are men like that in the church who don't even know that that's what God is setting them for. But when you know, that's why I said the man without a vision is in the dark. A visionless man is in the dark. He moves from place to place. He knocks things and things knock him. But when you have a vision from the Lord, it doesn't matter the challenges you go through. Those challenges will work for your good. doesn't matter the challenges you go through. The challenges will draw you closer to the fulfillment of God's vision. God's godly vision for your life. So it's very important. Amen. I'm also answering a question from Hello Pastor Prince. Mr. Stephen. This Hello Pastor Prince. This question bothers me. Please, if you can help me, it goes like this. The Bible says Judas betrayed Jesus and it's true he did. However, Judas was remorseful or repented of his deeds and afterwards went to hang himself. I want to find out what will be his judgment because he killed himself. (laughs) And the Bible also says after death there is judgment. Thank you. Is this not powerful? Let me correct this. Judas, thank you for your question. If you can help me, it goes like this. The Bible says, Judas betrayed Jesus, and it's true he did. However, Judas was remorseful, or repented of his deeds. The scriptures tells us that he was remorseful. But the scriptures doesn't tell us he repented. Judas betrayed Jesus, and he was not the only one. Simon betrayed Jesus. Simon Peter. But you see, Judas, the Bible says, came to himself. Came to his senses. And after he came to his senses, he took the coins he had taken or the proceeds from his betrayal to give to the priest and the high priest. And afterward went to hang himself. So he did not repent. He didn't. He did not. If he had, he had, he would have gone back to his brethren. Joined hands with them. And they would have accepted him into the beloved. To the brotherhood. And he would have been given the opportunity that Peter and the others had. Thomas and all the disciples had. And he would have received the Holy Spirit and have become an apostle like Peter 
and the others. But he didn't. Rather, he ended up committing suicide. And that was the error. You see. So the scriptures call him the son of perdition. The Bible never tells us that he got born again or he joined the disciples. He committed suicide as a sinner. So his judgment is the judgment that will be meted out to all sinners. The Bible calls him what? The son of perdition. And the devil is the father of perdition. So that is his judgment. But you see, Peter did it once. Peter did it thrice. Judas did it once. But when Peter saw what he had done, he also came to himself like Judas and wept bitterly and was so sorrowful and sorry for what he had done. That was the change. And still went ahead to join himself to the brethren to go wait for the resurrection of Jesus. So if Judas had joined the brethren, when Jesus entered the room to meet the disciples, to show himself to the disciples, he would have gone there to meet Judas. Is that not true? Yeah. But when he went, Judas had already died, committed suicide. And I think I've answered the question on suicide. Suicide based on selfish interest. Based on selfish interest. Based on selfish interest. Amen. So the same judgment that is meted out to sinners be meted out to him. Shout glory. I'm also answering a question, another question from this young man. He says, Hi, Pastor. Hi, Pastor. And Mr. Stephen, you even added this scripture. First John chapter 1. If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive all our sins. If we do what? We confess our sins. That is not what Judas did. Amen. Amen. Hi, Pastor. Hope you are fine. I'm doing well by the grace of God. I'm Michael from Saudi Arabia. All the way from Saudi Arabia. He says that I need your free time. <laughs> Please, this is my question. I was a Muslim. But just last week Sunday, I received salvation. Glory. 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 I received salvation as a Christian. And I believed in Christ Jesus. I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And according to the Quran. It says that Jesus is the messenger of God. Not the son of God. And I want you to help me to understand why the Muslims don't believe that Jesus is the son of God. Is that not powerful? Thank you very much. And he also says that I also want to know that Jesus, has Jesus forgiven me all my sins now that I'm born again? <laughs> Jesus has forgiven you all your sins. In fact, he has not just forgiven you all your sins. He has created you in him. Your spirit man is made new. So right now your spirit man is in the Holy Ghost. That means that your spirit man is in Christ. Your spirit is in Christ. You, which is your spirit, is in Christ. Housed or clothed 
in this body. That's what has happened to you. And you have no idea what that means. Very powerful. You are in God now. You are in God. Glory. But you say that, he says that, according to the Quran, the Quran says that Jesus is not the messenger of God. Jesus is the messenger of God and not the son of God. And I want you to help me to understand why the Muslims do not believe that Michael, I may not be able to say why the Muslims do not believe. Because I don't know what is in the Quran. But I can tell you why you should believe. Is that not powerful? According to the scriptures. You see, the scriptures tell us that Jesus is the Son of God. That's what the scriptures teaches us. And the scriptures teaches us how Jesus was born. You see. And you see, sometimes when we say the scriptures teaches, and people say, oh, but that's the scripture, so Christians believe in the scripture. Yes, it is true. The word of God is real. The word of God is real. Like I just explained, the practicality of God's word. And the reality of Jesus as the son of God is real. The person of Jesus as the son of God is real. Now that you are born again, you begin to experience, you see, a person who is outside an air-conditioned house cannot explain how the room is like. The atmosphere, the condition of the room. Is that true or false? The one who is outside can't tell us who are inside what is the truth. It is the one who is inside who can tell you what is the truth. And we are inside. And thank God you are inside. So if somebody is outside the house and is saying that when you are in an air-conditioned room, this is how it looks like. The person is outside. You are in an air-conditioned car, this is how it looks like. Or when you are driving a Mercedes-Benz, this is how it looks like. And meanwhile, he's not driving a Mercedes-Benz. He can't teach you the truth. So the Quran can't teach us Christians the truth. What teaches the Christian is the word of God. Amen. And the scriptures teaches us how Jesus was born of God. How Jesus is the son of God. The scriptures teaches us how the word of God came into the Virgin Mary. The word of God was sent. We sent the word. That's what I'm saying. It's real. We sent the word to nations. I remember some years back, a woman called me from Germany concerning a particular situation. And as I was speaking to her, the Spirit of the Lord opened my eyes to see a lot of things and I spoke to her and she said it was true. And in Ghana, she was in Germany, I released the word. After the release of the word, the woman's life changed completely. All that she was expecting in Germany, she got it. See, her papers, work, job, money, all started coming and she called to see that God is real. What happened? We sent the word to her. You see, we can send the word to you in Saudi Arabia. We can send it. When we release, there is no boundary. When we release the word, there is no boundary. When you receive the word, it will work. That is it. Why am I saying this? I'm giving you this practicality. So you understand that the word of God is equal with God. 
If God wants to do something, He sends His word. When God wanted to create the world, He did that through His word. And God said, Light be. And when God wanted to create another man, His son, or to give birth, He did that through His word. That's why I said there is nothing that God does without His word. And there is nothing the Christian should do without the word. But let me answer you like this. The word of God is God's life. The word of God. And that's what most I I met a Muslim back when I was a student. And he he asked me this question like that. Because he did not understand. But I pray for you that the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened. The scripture says that the natural man receiveth not the things of the spirit. says, for their foolishness to him. The natural man. Who is the natural man? The one who is not born again. He does not receive the what? The things of the spirit. Says, because they are foolishness to him. Says, can he know them? Because they are foolishness. So he takes the one who is born again to explain these truths. Let us say when we went to school, we were taught that Christianity is a religion. We were taught by scholars who did not know Christianity. They were teaching us their knowledge they had received in school. But when we got born again, we discovered that Christianity is not a religion. It's a reality of the person of God in us. That is why we can change anything through the person and the power of God at work in us. That's why we speak to God and He speaks. He is real to us. I somebody asked me a question, is God I say, He is real. Oh Maladosi Akapalato Sanda. But he is not real to the religious teacher. He is real to in us through the Holy Spirit. I speak to you now through the Holy Ghost. I answer questions through the Holy Ghost. I teach through the Holy Ghost. As I'm speaking, you see that sometimes I keep quiet. It's an inspiration of the Holy Ghost. As he speaks to me, I speak. It's real. You see. So back to your question. The word is real. And you see, the word is life. John chapter 1 tells us, it says, the word in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. Why is the word with God? Because your word is always with you. And your word describes you. So if somebody goes with your word to tell your friend that you just insulted him or her and you actually did it, your friend gets angry because of your word that has come to him through your friend. Is that true or false? Your word is an expression of yourself. That is why when you speak, you are expressing your thoughts you can be judged based on what you say. The scripture says, by your word you shall be condemned. It's by your word you shall be justified. Do you understand? So why are there sometimes arguments in families? Arguments in churches? It's through words. The person spoke like this. We heard it. We confronted him and it became an argument. Why do we confront him based on what he said? Why don't we say he doesn't mean it? I don't know whether you are catching what I'm saying. So your word is you. Your word is equal to you. What you say describes you. That's why it's important you control what you say. 
But that's not what I'm talking about today. What you say describes you. What you say reveals you. So in the James scripture where we read, it says, be slow to speak. <laughs> is that true? In the same way, it says, the word of God is God. The beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So the word of God carries the same ability and capacity like God. The word is equal with God. Like your word is equal to you. Now, if I want you to do something for me, and I do not tell you to do, will you know to do? No. So, I express myself through my words. My words describe and define me. My words reveal me. Is that true or false? It's true. So, it says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. He said, all things were made by him. All things were made by the word of God. And without his word was not anything made that was made. So when God spoke in Genesis, he released his word. He expressed himself. He expressed his thoughts. And that's what we see in the material world. The word. Is that true? But you see, the Bible tells us the word is life. It takes life to give birth. An animal, an elephant gives birth to an elephant. Is that true? A cat gives birth to a cat. Because the cat who is giving birth has a cat life. So a cat will not give birth to an antelope. An antelope will give birth to an antelope. Because of the life of the antelope. The life of God. A human being gives birth to a human being. Because a human being has the life of humans. It's called the life of man. Is that powerful? So when a man wants to give birth, he gives birth through his life. So he takes his life or releases his life out from him into a woman when that life comes into contact which is the life is in the sperm so when the sperm comes into contact with the ovaries is it ovaries there is reproduction is that true or false so when God also wanted to give birth to a son he gave life but his life was not a sperm of man because he is God so the sperm of God which is the life of God is the word of God. So the scripture says being born again. It says not of corruptible seed but of incorruptible seed. It says through the word of God that liveth and abides forever. Being born again. So God gives birth through his word. God gives birth through his life. God gives birth through his divine sperm which is his life. So when he released his life contained in the words to the angel then the angel with the divine words containing life came to Mary the virgin and said that Hail thou art highly favored among women the Lord is with you Mary was shocked the Bible says 
Mary was shocked at the salutation of the angel. Then the angel said that you shall conceive and you shall have a child. And the child shall be the son of the highest. The son of the most high. Then Mary said, how shall this be? Remember, she was a virgin. So how will I give birth without the sperm of a man? Then the angel said that with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible now. Then Mary said, be it unto me, he says, according to your words. Is that true or false? That is the scriptures. So when the words came into Mary, and Mary embraced the word. See, as I'm speaking right now, if I speak and you embrace the word, that word becomes effectual in your spirit. That same word. It's because it's the word of God, the word of life. That is how come people can even carry children. The doctors say, hey, you can't have a child because of this. And we release the word of life. And those words come in contact with the bodies of the people involved. Low sperm count. We release words and the sperm increases. Jobless. With no money. We release words and the person gets an international company. How do you correlate an international company with the words? Because the words we speak, they are active. The Bible refers to them as Rema. Rema. We release them. So when God, when the angels spoke those words, he, he had released the life of God, the sperm, into the ovaries, or ovum, or whatever you call it, the eggs, the eggs of, of, of Mary. Mary received the life, the sperm, into her. That divine life came in contact with the egg, and a baby was created. And it even happens now. It happens now. It's just that now, it doesn't have to do with a virgin. It has to do with somebody who is married with a husband. But it happens now. Where the husband is old and the sperm is old and cannot produce according to medical science and the word or the life of God comes into contact with the woman or comes into their family, both of them, and all of a sudden they carry a baby. They call it miracle baby. <laughs> But this happened with a virgin. So that is how Mary conceived. And you see, that is even practical. It's practical. And carried that child, and carried that child, until she delivered the child. When she delivered the child, the child got his body and all that from the mother. But the life of the child was through the word. Jesus is the son of God. The life of God. In his blood is God's DNA. God's life. Contained in a body. Because God needed to. Needed a human body. We don't have time to go into all of that. So when he was walking, even without the Holy Ghost coming, when he was 30 years, until 30 years, he was still the son of God, the child of God, the child of the Holy Spirit, carrying the life of God. So when a person doesn't believe that, it's because the person doesn't know what the scriptures say. And I talk based on the integrity of scriptures, 
and the practicality of scriptures. Come on, shout glory. glory. And Jesus walked until the Holy Ghost came and Jesus died and was born again. I explained this last two Sundays. You can, you can listen to the messages. When Jesus went to hell as a sinner, he couldn't come back as a sinner. So he had to be born. That means that his spirit man, because now he had grown and he had died, and his spirit had gone to hell. So for him to be raised from hell, his spirit man that had gone into hell with the nature of sin had to be born. And that is what we refer to the operations of the spirit. The workings of the spirit. When a person who does not have hair, we lay hands and the hair grows. It's an operation of the spirit. When a person doesn't have a particular part of the body working, and we lay hands and it begins to work. When a person who has, oh, is that not powerful? Someone who has water in the brain, then we lay hands and the water disappears and the brain becomes normal. The operation of the spirit, it is supernatural. You cannot understand supernatural the natural man. So from hell, his spirit man was incubated by the Holy Spirit. Did you understand? Was brewed upon by the Holy Spirit. So his spirit man, I always say this, went into the womb of the Holy Spirit and came out a righteous person. So when he was raised out of hell, he was raised born again. The scriptures call it the first begotten. The first born from the dead. And the first to be begotten. The first to be given birth to. That is how come we can be born again. That's why you are born again today, Michael. Because Jesus was born again. The first to be born again. And by believing in him, he imparts into you who he is. Is that not true? Come on, shout glory. How do you explain a lame man? Somebody born lame. Then by the pronouncement of a man of God. The pronouncement of a Christian who understands truth by the pronouncement that lame leg begins to walk. How do you explain? How do you explain how a dead child ready to be buried a dead man he just said young as if he was sleeping the man woke up. How do you explain the power of the Holy Spirit? The operations of the Holy Spirit. And it's still working in the church today. Among ministers of the gospel. It's working. Come on, shout glory. So when people have those issues about why Jesus Christ was here born of God and all that. Yes, he was. Was he a child of God? Yes, he was. Was he a son of God? Yes, he was. One of the proofs that Jesus is the Son of God with power, as the Bible says. So that in Romans chapter 1, verse 4, it says he was declared to be the Son of God with power. It says, by the Spirit of holiness, it says, through the resurrection from the dead. Oh, Maladosh Ebelengos Avali Kadosh. Mrentos Evali Katasa. Was declared to be the Son of God with what? With power. It says, by the Spirit of holiness. That's the Holy Ghost. Through the resurrection from the dead. The proof of that is the Holy Ghost that is at work in us. 
Every Christian who has received the Holy Ghost knows he has received the Holy Ghost. <laughs> and the presence of the Holy Ghost is the proof that Jesus is the Son of God. It takes the Son of God to give the Holy Ghost out freely. I said it before. I said by his exaltation, he gave the Holy Ghost out. Is that not powerful? And another proof is that at the name of Jesus, every knee bows. It's only the Christian who cast out demons. We cast demons out. Devils are real. We cast them out. And they go. They listen to us and they go. And we do that in the name of Jesus. What would demons respond to that name? If it has no authority. Have you ever seen any religious figure who says in my name you can cast out devils? No. Many religions believe in devils. They portray them and all that. But they don't deal with devils in the name of their religious head. Is that true or false? Christianity is beyond religion. Religion is just a conception of man. Come on, shout glory. Christianity is a conception of God. Not man. And the reality of his person, his existence and his presence is in us. We know we are of God, the Bible says. Come on, shout glory. glory. So just understand so as you, as you have been born again, what you need now is knowledge, Michael. Now that you are born again, you see, join us life. Listen to these things. Ask questions. Grow. Very soon you lay hands on sick people and you'll be shocked. Hey. They'll begin to recover. You'll be wondering. In the name of Jesus, sick people will be recovering. You say, ah, how does it happen? Because he's been exalted as the son of God with power. And his name is the name above every other name. I meditated on this name one day. And a child who was dying, we went there. Laid hands on the child, the child came back to life. By the name of Jesus, not by us. Faith in the name that is above every other name. Not incantations. Faith in the name. Child glory. And then our last question, we have a lot of questions, but our last question our last question is from Theophilos Theophilos he says, thank you Pastor Prince for your insightful teachings please I want to be clear on this when, when Jesus first resurrected he breathed on his disciples and he said receive ye the Holy Ghost Please, please, did they receive a portion of the Holy Spirit and later received another portion of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost? No, Theophilus, thank you for your question. It's very powerful. They did not receive a portion of the Holy Spirit. In fact, the Holy Spirit had not yet been given at that time. That's what the scriptures say. Jesus says, He that believed on me, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living waters. And the Bible says, He spoke of the Spirit which had not yet been given. The Holy Ghost was given on the day of Pentecost. That is what Peter said. That what that which Joel said or spoke or prophesied has been fulfilled in Acts chapter 2. But when Jesus prayed unto them, received the Holy Spirit, he was imparting into them what we call the spirit of understanding. So there is the spirit of understanding. The Bible says that when he did that, their eyes were opened. To see. So he said, Receive ye the Spirit. 
was the spirit of understanding. Why did they need that? They needed the spirit of understanding to go and do what Jesus had asked them to do. To go and wait for the coming of the Holy Ghost. Else they would have relaxed. So for them to really have some kind of, it was not a full kind of understanding, but some kind of understanding, spiritual understanding. So they would go and wait for the coming of the Holy Ghost, who would now come fully to teach them and guide them, he breathed into them. So it's not a portion. It's not the first, some people even say it is the new birth. Like when he did that, the disciples were born again at that time. No. Nobody could be born again at that time. Nobody. Because the Holy Ghost had not yet been given. So it was the spirit of understanding. The scriptures call it the spirit of understanding. The spirit of wisdom. The spirit of revelation. Those are all operations of the spirit. The seven spirits of God. So this was just the spirit of understanding. It's not the, and you see that in the scriptures. You see that in the scriptures. You see that in the scriptures. It's like on the road of Amos. When they were on their way and Jesus drew nearer to them and asked them and they were like, Do, are you a new person in town? You see? Are you a new person in town? Haven't you heard about the prophet who was crucified? He was a, a, a man mighty in word and in deed. And he said he was going to be raised. And we were all expecting him to be, to be raised. And the, the women came and said, he's been raised. And they were shocked. The Bible says that Jesus explained the scriptures to them. He explained the scriptures to them. He was expounding the scriptures. That's the teaching ministry. Expounding to them. When they went home and they broke bread, the Bible says their eyes were opened. And, and Jesus vanished from their eyes. How was he able to vanish? Because by his resurrection, he had a glorified body. See, so he could vanish from their eyes. And they couldn't see him. But their eyes were opened. That's understanding. Then they ran to the disciples and said, we have seen the Jesus. All that he said was true. Come on. Shout glory. glory. Is that not powerful? If you are watching me and you are not born again, you are not born again, all the things we are sharing with you will be stories. They will be fables to you. You see. If you have questions, you can just post the questions. You answer. More questions are coming. You answer more questions. But because of our time, we will push the other questions to the next week. But you see, if you are watching me, you are not born again. You need to be born again. All the things we are doing now are not in vain. Our preaching of the gospel is not in vain. No, it's not in vain. We are dedicated to bringing knowledge to people's homes because we know that it is necessary and has a spiritual significance. Jesus said, you must be born again. Until you are born again, all that we are telling you now will be fables to you. When you are not born again. Because your spirit man is not awakened to the presence of God. To the fatherhood of God. It's not awakened. Your spirit man is not alive. So you are receiving this thing with your mind. So I don't understand what the man of God is saying. That's why you need to be born again. And if you are not yet born again, just confess this after me. Say, dear Lord Jesus, I believe with my heart that you were raised from the dead. I confess you as the Lord of my life. Come into my heart. Rule and reign in me. Amen.
You just made such a confession, you are born again. That's how simple it is. Now that you are born again, the Holy Spirit has come to indwell you. You have the Holy Spirit in you now. Amen. If you are watching me, you are born again. But you don't understand the scriptures. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. Jesus breathed into the disciples. Receive you the Holy Ghost. But in the New Testament, in the epistles, you are taught to make a particular kind of prayers. I'm praying for you. That the Father of glory may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation in the knowledge of him. I pray for you right now. Wherever you are watching me from, in the name of the Lord Jesus, the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God. Receive that spirit right now. The operation of the spirit of wisdom. The operation of the spirit of revelation. In the name of Jesus, when the Holy Ghost unveils the word to you like never before, even in your sleep. In the name of Jesus. Is it not amazing? That sometimes even in our sleep, we sleep and we see teachers teaching us the scriptures. May you receive that grace. In the name of Jesus, receive that grace. May the eyes of your understanding be enlightened, enlightened, be flooded with light. Wherever you are, in the name of Jesus, wherever you are watching me from, in the name of Jesus, be flooded with light. In the name of Jesus, in Tekovorondos Ipalikatosh. Receive it now. The mighty name of Jesus. Before we go, Maladosh. Before we go, Mantakabalaba Kashadalaba. Michael, you are online. I can see you online. God bless you. I can see a lot of people online because I've been talking. We've seen a lot of you online. God is awesome. Is he not awesome? Oh, God is awesome. Hallelujah. I can see a lot of you online. God bless you. And increase you in knowledge in the name of the Lord Jesus. Increase you in knowledge in the name of the Lord Jesus. God bless you. God bless you. I pray for you if you are watching me. I remove delays from your path. In the name of Jesus. I remove delays from your path. In the name of Jesus. I remove delays from your path. Every delay is cancelled. Every delay is over. In the name of Jesus. Whatever expectations of yours that is delaying in the name of Jesus. We release it right now into your hands. We release it right now by the power of the Holy Ghost. You are blessed in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us today. Join me again next week live as we answer other questions. We can't answer all the questions at once. So join us. Comment, like, share with your friends. Let us know.
and let them know what is happening. We are answering questions. We are bringing the word of God to you. And I believe that your life will never remain the same again. Thank you for watching us. Thank you for joining us. We really appreciate you. And God richly bless you. Amen.